to this text, y'all, in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. I think we, we read Acts 3, verses 1 through 10 earlier, and the young man did a great job. Amen? Amen. amen. We couldn't see you, but we heard you. <laughs> amen, amen. It's just a matter of time, Malachi. You're going to be like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, we know. We're praying right now. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to focus on, uh, in chapter 3, but we're going to focus on verses 4 through 6. 4 through 6 is going to be our focus verses for this morning. Amen? amen. You got to say amen. amen. You don't have to say, hold up. Wait a minute. And the Bible reads, uh, verse 4, And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. Ah, my God. But Peter said, say Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. Look at this. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, gave his whole name, amen. Rise up and walk. The word of God for the people of God, praise be to God. God, we thank you and bless you for this time you've allocated for us to come before your throne of grace and mercy, God, to learn more about you, God, that we may better ourselves. Be with us in this place, God, that we may grow thereby, Lord, and not just keep what we hear today, God, but share it with others that they too may know of a risen Savior that loves them no matter what. Come in this place. Sit down, God. Have a seat. We welcome you. For us in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Acts 3, verses 1 through 10. Amen. Now, in preparation for this sermon, I wanted to remind you all in my introduction of a tragedy that has occurred on American soil that shook you to your very core. But after last week's mass shootings in Dayton and El Paso that killed, wounded, and left families in shock, I realized that there was no need to remind you of a tragedy from the past when tragic events are occurring on American soil every day. Amen. It has become normal to hear witness and even experience the many tragedies that plague our society. Yes, sir. Yeah. In 1990, Walter Hawkins composed a gospel song titled, Thank You, Lord. Yeah. And the first four lyrics were, tragedy is commonplace, which speaks volumes today and is ever the more present evidenced in 2019. But God, say but God. but God, bless your name, God, who has an infinite way of handling tragedy by way of rising and readying people labeled as first responders that are able to turn a tragic event into a triumphant event. He is still on the case. God is doing that. Amen. Amen. And God's record for raising and readying these folk called first responders that have the ability to turn the table on tragedy speaks for itself. Wow. Yeah. 
See, when the Israelites were experiencing the tragedy of slavery, it was the Lord who raised and ready to first respond to name Moses, Amen. who would deliver them from their tragic situation. See, when the walls of Jericho were in, the, in, the, in a tragic state of ruin, it was the Lord who raised and ready to first responder by the name of Nehemiah, who used his Home Depot credit card, uh, courtesy of King Artaxerxes, to obtain building materials to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem despite opposition. When the Jewish nation was threatened to be tragically destroyed because of a prideful leader, it was the Lord who raised and ready to first respond to name Esther, sister, y'all, who risked her own life to boldly stand up for her people. The Lord knows how to deal with tragedy by way of sending first responders to help a tragic situation turn out triumphant. Now, 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 you all look good this morning, amen? But I know you have all had to deal with some tragedy in your life. But you being here this morning lets me know that the Lord who loves you, the Lord who cares for you, who sent his only son to die for you, look at this, purposely raised and ready some first responders in your life to take you from tragedy to triumph. And these first responders, y'all, are brave individuals, are a collective group of people who are willing to risk life and limb to help somebody. See, first responders are people who are willing, look at this, y'all, to put their plans, their agendas, and scheduled appointments aside to help those in need. And here in the book of Acts, of which I like to call the book of action, uh, due to how the Holy Spirit, y'all, is actively, actively moving in the lives of those that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. For in chapter 1, the Holy Spirit is promised by Jesus himself. Look at this, Brian. But the condition for the promise uh, to be obtained was to wait. See, see, it was important for the promised seed to be patient for the promise. Come on, sir. From the promiser, so that the promise from the promiser could be obtained by the promisee. See, in chapter 2, chapter 2, the Holy Spirit presents himself on the day of Pentecost and proceeds to change, look at this, y'all, change the language of all those in the upper room. See, the Holy Spirit is the language changer in the Trinity. For, for, for the Holy Spirit has the power to change your profanity into praise. Your, your, your woe is me into worship. You're teasing into a testimony. See, see, the Holy Spirit is more than, than a game changer. He is a la anybody's language been changed. But also in chapter 2, Peter preached, look at this, y'all, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And look what happened, y'all. Over 3,000 folk got saved. Like I said, this book of Acts is full of action. Amen. And here in chapter 3, the action continues, Minister Will, as we get the opportunity to witness two first responders for the Holy Spirit named Peter and John. Yes, sir. 
who were, who were known to us by the scriptures of being, being, being two dynamic disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. Look at this, y'all. But they had two totally different demeanors and personalities. Mm. For Peter was bold and brash. In John 13 and 8, when Jesus was in the process of uh, teaching his disciple a lesson on serving one another by washing their feet, it was old Peter, y'all, who said, Lord, you will never wash my feet. He was bold. He was brash, y'all. But John was different. For John was cool. John was calm. Amen? I think I'm like John. Amen. John was laid back and lovable. See, in John 13, 23 through 25, it was John who rests his head on the bosom of Jesus at the last supper. Yeah, yeah. See, their demeanors were different. Their personalities were different. See, Peter would cut you. Yeah, Peter was the brother you call when you need some backup. Amen? And I got to be honest with you, even after salvation, sometimes I still need some backup. Any, any Peters in the house? Any Peters in New Direction Bible Fellowship? Yeah, you might be receiving a call from me, amen, when I need backup. But, 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 but John, he would caress you. See, John was the one you would call for comfort from a bad breakup. But in spite of their differences in demeanor, action, past behavior and personality, look at this, the text reveals to us that they were together, together, headed, headed, headed somewhere, right? Somewhere significant they were headed to. The Bible says the temple at a significant time, uh, the ninth hour, to exercise what was significant to them as first responders, which was prayer. And this is important for us to know as Christians, because if we look at how Jesus operated as a first responder to those who were hurting in Matthew 14, 14, because of sickness and pain, to the 5,000 plus who were hungry in all four Gospels, and Jesus fed with two fish and five loaves of bread, and to those uh, that needed help in Matthew 9 and 36, because they were weary and scattered and in need of a shepherd. Therefore, we who represent, raise your hand if you represent Jesus, follow and serve Jesus should also operate as first responders to those in need of help, hallelujah, and by having an active prayer life, we can successfully do it. Amen? Amen. Because we gain three things from prayer. Y'all want to know? We gain power. We gain purpose. And we gain this thing called praise. Ah, see, 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 when you take time to pray, I mean really pray, you, you, you are infused with some power. You, you ever had a time when you were just praying? And you felt the power of God come over you. Yeah. And you was really praying. Yeah. See, in Judges 16, 28 through 30, Samson, who lost his strength and became a spectacle to the Philistines, he prayed, y'all, to God for enough strength to annihilate his enemies. And because he prayed, 
He was infused with enough power to take out the enemies of God. Now, I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life when I've gone into my time of prayer feeling weak. But when I came out of prayer, I was full of strength. Because prayer can infuse you with some power. Amen? Prayer can also help you identify your purpose. I'm going to help somebody right here. I know that many of you go into your time of prayer questioning what the Lord has called you to do. But once you come out of your prayer closet, you, you, you have a clarity in regards to your calling. Because prayer will help you reveal the reality of your purpose. Amen. Now, prayer or praying can also invoke praise. See, in this life and walk with Jesus, we encounter some problems. Amen. If you accepted him as Lord and Savior, you thought you wouldn't have any problems. Hallelujah. Amen. I need to stand, and if you want, I got to do the mic. Amen. <laughs> and if they told you you wouldn't have any problems if you accepted Christ as Jesus, as Lord, uh, some, some, somebody told you an untruth. Amen? On, yeah, 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 in this walk. But, but when we take our problems to the Lord in prayer, he, he steps right in and handles them for us, see, which in turn moves us to give him some praise. Amen? Uh, but, 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 but I have come to learn that even if the Lord doesn't make our problems go away, we should still be invoked to give him praise. We should give him some praise because, 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 because when we, when we pray, amen, we, we, we get into the presence of God. Amen. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you get into his presence, you, you can't do anything but give him praise. Amen. Yeah. And, and, and when you have been in the presence of the almighty God, praise just comes natural. You ever been in the presence of God? By way of prayer. Yeah. Amen. And your situation is still the same, but you come out praising him. Yeah. You have tapped into the glory of God. <laughs> amen. 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 Now, now, you see, Peter and John held prayer at the highest regard. That's why they were able look, to proceed to where the spirit of God was leading them in spite of their differences in demeanor and personality as believers in Christ Jesus. Because if you didn't know, you need to know that there are believers in this world and even in the church that are different than you. See, there are believers that talk different than you, pray different than you, praise different than you, address different than you. Uh, teach and, and preach different than you. Uh, and when we fail to accept or even partner with believers in the body of Christ that are different in demeanor, personality, look at this, and outward appearance, 
we may miss getting to where the Lord wants to lead us together, that we can be a greater impact to those that the Lord desires to know him. Now, we, we, we talk about Donald Trump being prejudiced, and that may be true. But when we distance ourselves as Christians from other Christians that are different than us, we show a form of prejudice ourselves. The Bible says that we should be tightly and fitly joined to, together. Amen? In Luke 10 and 2, look what Jesus says. He says, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, get to praying, the Lord of harvest, to send out laborers into the harvest. See, nowhere in the text does Jesus say that the laborers that we should be praying for should be like us. Jesus directs us to pray for laborers because Jesus wants laborers that will go out and represent him and bring others into the fold of freedom in Jesus Christ. And he don't care how we look. Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm involved with the millennial ministry, y'all, and uh, I got to tell you something about them. Uh, they different. Oh, my God. They different, y'all. I was like, Pastor, you sure you want me to do this? Because they different, amen? Yeah, I was, I was a little bit proud. I don't, I don't know if you want me, amen? But when I took time to listen and learn from them, amen? I see that they have a vital point of position in the body of Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, what I love about Peter and John is that they didn't allow, look at this, their differences to deter them from getting to where God was leading them. And because of that, on their way to church, that they get an opportunity to help somebody. That they get a chance to operate as first responders, and they take advantage of it. See, see, they were not like some of us who are so anxious to get to church, and that's a good thing, amen? Don't, don't stop being anxious, amen? But, but, but when it causes us to bypass those who are in need of help outside of the church, we fail to be the first responders God is calling for us to be to those that need some help. See, there's some folks outside on Route 13 that we bypassed this morning that are in need of some help. If, if, if they would have stopped you, would you have stopped? Because I know you want to get to church. You want to have time for prayer and praise and worship. Amen. But I believe God would want us to stop. And be first responders to their need. He wants us to be need meters. Amen. Yeah, we have to learn how to, to be ready, willing, and able to respond to those needing help. That look, that they can experience the love, power, and authority that's in the name of Jesus. Peter and John, they get that opportunity as they encounter a brother who the scriptures refer to as a certain man. Amen. Now, it's not revealed to us this certain man's name, address, title, or email. All we know him by is a certain man. And, and any of us in this room 
could be referred to as a certain man or a certain woman. But praise be to God, the scriptures refer to us that know Jesus as his workmanship. His dead children, his new creations, his heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Amen. That should cause you to give God some praise. He don't refer to you as a certain man or woman. He has a name for you. Hallelujah. And if you are here today and you have never been referred to by one of those names, your opportunity is drawing nigh. But, 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 but what we do know about him, this man, is that he was, uh, had a certain physical ailment. The Bible says in verse 2, and a certain man laying from his mother's womb, which means this certain man was dealing with the tragedy of being born without the activity of his limbs. And, and, and in verse 8, we, we know that it was his feet and ankles that had the issue. Therefore, as a child, he missed out doing the things that all the other children were doing in his neighborhood. Amen? Like playing freeze tag. A one, two, three red light. Mother, Mother may I. Duck, duck, goose. King ball. And my favorite, hide and go seek. Amen. Things that, that, that children do, he, because of his limit of his limbs, he couldn't be a part of it. See, he was lame, but he was also left out. Do you ever feel left out because of your ailment or issue you're dealing with? Your ailment or issue causes your so-called friends to stop calling you, texting and hitting you up on Instagram. If so, you need to know that the Lord God specializes in making left-out folk feel significant by way of an invitation. Come on, you, you, you know when you get that invitation in the, in the mail to, to the party that, that everyone's been talking about. You know, Mike's 50th birthday party, uh, Gene's graduation party, Mr. Jim's retirement party. See, when you get those invitations, they make you feel significant, special, and a part of the crew. See, Jesus knows this, so he sends those who feel left out an invitation, not by mail, email, or text, but by his own word in Matthew 11 and 28. And his invitation reads, come to me, all you who feel left out. Amen. And, and, and it has caused you to be weary and burdened. I will give you some rest. This certain man was also dealing with a certain stigmatism associated with being born lame. See, in the Jewish community, if a child was born with a physical deficiency, it was surmised that the child's parents had committed sin. And the child's condition was the outcome of it. You could just imagine the stares and the whispers that this certain man had to deal with. He was talked about. He was laughed at. He was teased. Amen. Look, he was seen in his community. Look at this. As the product of his parents' sin. 
and I guarantee they didn't let him forget it. He had to feel like an outcast. And we as believers, when we don't extend ourselves to the sinner, and we begin to make fun of them and distance ourselves from them, we miss an opportunity to help them know the God that we serve. Amen. But look at how Jesus addresses this issue in John 9, 1 and 3. Look what he says, y'all. He's going to address this thing because Jesus is an addresser. <laughs> look, look what Jesus says in 9, 1 through 3. It says, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents, that he was born blind. Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned, look at this, or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Look, Jesus sets the record straight about this issue, and he does so with clarity and calm. See, Jesus lets his disciples know the truth. And sometimes the people you hang out with, they need to know the truth. Too many times the folk we hang out with, we don't share the truth with them. Now, Jesus, he shares the truth with his disciples because he cared about them. You care enough about your coworker that you're going to share the truth with them. Do you care enough about your neighbor that you're willing to share the truth with them? And what is the truth, y'all? That Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. And because of that, here's some more truth. We have the right to eternal life. If you accept him as your, we got to tell some truth to the folk we hang out with. Amen? It's okay to hang out with them and go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Hallelujah. But it's also important that we tell them the truth. Jesus was a truth-telling God. And the truth was that, look, the blind man's condition was not because of him or his parents' sin, but his deficiency, his, look at this, his dilemma, brother, brother B, his alignment, his issue, his blindness was birthed to him that the works of God, be revealed through it that all who knew him and knew of him would be affected. Oh my God. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what, what you're going through, but I know you're going through something. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you need to know that it's not designed to kill you. It's not designed to paralyze you. It's not designed to discourage you or drive you crazy, but what it's designed to do is reveal the works of God through it. That, that, that your co-workers, your family members, your, look, your doctor, hallelujah, your neighbors and even your haters get an opportunity to see the Lord at work on you, in you, and around you, hallelujah. I'm learning, Sister Kanita. I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning not to cast all my deficiencies and dilemmas aside, amen, because they make way for the works of God. 
to be revealed through me. Hallelujah. That others can get to know him. And if you look closely at the text, uh, Minister Chavis, it, it says, it, it, Jesus says, the works of God. And, and that, that S on there means it's plural. Amen. Uh, I think that means that even the issues that we have not, we, we, we don't even know about, you know, the ones that are forming but that won't prosper, he's going to work them out for us that they can be revealed in our lives, hallelujah, that he can be seen even greater in the things that we do. Hey, man, I'm, I'm getting excited, can't you tell? But I'm getting excited for this certain man that has a certain ailment, camped out at a certain place, asking for a certain monetary gift. But I'm also getting excited for us because we are all at certain places in our lives. Some good and some not so good. But the God we serve is right there with us. That the works of the one who suffered, bled and died for us, be manifested through our lives. So, 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 so what you're going through, don't be so quick to cast it aside. God has set you up to be a, a conduit of his glory and praise that folks will see him yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. through you. This certain man was about to have his own experience of the works of God being revealed through his tragedy of being born lame. Look, as he unknowingly extends his request for money to Peter and John. Look at verse 3. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Amen. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have an issue when folk ask me for money. Well. I don't know if y'all was here. Some of y'all folks are here for our marriage, um, uh, marriage game night. And, and the question came up, if a family member needed some money, would you help them out? I got to testify. I said no. But my wife said yes. <laughs> Praise God, I handled the money in the house. Amen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. See, I believe that this certain man became so accustomed to asking money from everyone who crossed his path that he didn't realize that there was something different about Peter and John. Is, is, is there something different about you, that, that folks that see you every day can see a glimpse of God's glory in you, that it causes them sometimes to get close, hallelujah, it, it causes them sometimes to cover their mouth when they cuss and say, oh, I'm sorry, amen, there should be something different about us. This brother didn't realize that it was something different about these two great men of God. Yes, sir. And what was different about these two brothers, in particular Peter, was the tone of, his, of Peter's response to the certain man, the lame man's request. Amen? Look at Peter's tone in the text in verse 4. It says, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Look. <laughs> 
Then Peter said, look on us. Now we know that one of Peter's personality traits is speaking with boldness. And he exercises that here in verse 4. But by the reaction of the lame man who's begging for money in verse 5, Peter's boldness to speak to him in that manner had to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Look, 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 look at the man's reaction in verse 5. So the man gave them his attention. See, the lame man's reaction in verse 5 reveals to us that when one speaks with boldness under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you are drawn in and attentive to the words that person is speaking to you. But when we speak boldness in our own flesh, it causes people to turn away and lose their interest in what we are saying. That's why, that's, why, that's why when we as parents speak bold and authoritative to our children while we're in the flesh, they rebel and distance themselves from us. Amen? Help me, Holy Ghost. This was preaching to me, y'all. Because sometimes, I got to testify this morning. My, my children and teenagers and even they grown, sometimes they do some stuff, y'all. That I go into flesh mode and begin to speak bold and authoritative. And, and, and because of their respect, they stand there. But I know when they leave, amen. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they flag their father, amen. They don't do that to mom, they flag me. But, but when you speak with boldness and authority and under the influence of the Holy Spirit, they have no other choice but to draw close and obey. I don't know about you, but I have to learn how to be in the Spirit of God when I'm speaking bold and authoritative to my children. That they have no other choice but to listen and obey. Amen. That their days may be long upon this earth. See, see, look, look, I'm messing, oh my God, I'm messing them up when I'm in the flesh. they like, I ain't obeying that, amen? But when I'm in the spirit, they set themselves up to have a long life. Yeah, yeah, see, 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 see what I like about this, Deacon Law, this, this walk with Jesus, you, you got to check yourself. You got to look at you, hallelujah, and sometimes you don't like what you see. But the remedy, say remedy, y'all. Is in the word of God. And if we follow the word of God, we can be the best fathers, the best mothers, the best wives. We can be. Hallelujah. Amen. God is working on me, Stephen. Be patient. Amen. God is working, Caleb. Be patient. Shannon, God is working. Be patient with your, with your father. Amen. And this certain man, this lame man, look at this, y'all, submitted to the boldness of how Peter spoke. And in doing so, look at this, set himself up for his life to be changed. Oh, God. Transformed and made new. 
I believe, oh, Jen, you was praying this morning. You hit this thing praying, baby. I believe that God places a word in certain individuals that are designed to be life-changing. And the way that you know the word they speak to you is life-changing is that it lines up with the word of God. You, you, you see, the words of a fortune teller are not life-changing. Uh, the, the words in your heart, they still make horoscopes? Look, yes, or Canadian, you know, totally yourself. I'm on the words in your horoscope they are not life-changing, amen? I know from experience, Minister Will, that only the word of God uh, conveyed to you and I from the word of God is life-changing. You get that? The word of God from the word of God is life-changing, amen? That's why when we uh, uh, hear the word and the word is going forth, you and I should be locked in. Look at this. Expecting to hear something from the word of God that will change your life. That, that means we should come in the door with an expectation that what I hear from the man or the woman of God through the word of God is going to change my life. Because I'm tired of being the same. I need a life-changing experience that I can go to work on Sunday night and be the man of God I was on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Help me, Holy Ghost. And Peter, and Peter and John are in position to do just that for this certain man as they commence to respond to the lame man's need and not his greed. Peter and John are in position to do something, right? Speak a life-changing word to this man. But they, they respond, look, not, not to his want, but to his need. Look at verse 6. Then Peter said, Peter, Peter got a big mouth. Peter be talking, y'all. Amen. He reminds me of some of the ministers here. They just be talking. They be going, they be going to town. Amen. But, but, but everything they say is, is always good. Amen. Then Peter says, silver and gold I do not have. I, li I like Peter because Peter is honest. Peter said, yo, I'm broke. I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, but I ain't got no money. He says, silver and gold I do not have. Look at this. But what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, raise up and walk. Amen. Peter said, I don't have any funds for you. But what I do have is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. See, there are opportunities we miss, y'all, when folk ask us for money and we don't have it. And we're shameful to say, I don't have it. But what I do have. See, I think we need to have a what I do have moment when folk come to us and we broke. See, we bypass folk, y'all, but sometimes we don't have no money in our pockets. But what we do have is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's a life changer. He's a life rearranger. Amen. Now, earlier I described first responders as those who are willing to risk life and limb to help those in need. And that's true. But first responders also know how to discern needs from wants. Oh, my God. 
And, and I think it's wise to surround yourself with folks that are willing to respond to your needs and not just your wants. Amen? Because there will come a time when your need for comfort after losing a loved one will outweigh your want for a new car. I need folk to comfort me. That there will be a time when your tuition being paid will outweigh your want for that Michael Kors bag that that goes with those Michael Kors shoes you broke the bank to get. You got any Michael Kors shoppers in? Yeah, I know. I need, I need folk around me that can, 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 can help me with what I need, not just what I want. See, when I, when I need prayer, I, I, I need folk around me that are able to get a prayer to. They don't just supply my want, but they supply my need. I need folk around me that can encourage me when I need it. Hallelujah. Look, and not just pacify me. Because I'm a preacher. I need some folk around me that can help me with my, my needs. And here in the text, Peter and John show great discernment as they respond to the lame man's need, which was, which was to experience the life-changing power laced and loaded in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that can bring life to what was once deficient and damaged. And the power that resides in the name of Jesus hasn't changed, y'all. Amen? And it will be the power of the name of Jesus that will continue to turn tragedy into triumph. Amen. Have you ever called on the name of Jesus and experienced the power of his name? There's power in the name of Jesus. I didn't believe it at first, Minister Will, but I had to try it for myself. Amen. And when I call on the name of Jesus, which is all the time, I, 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 I get excited because I begin to experience his power. If you want some power, call on the name of Jesus. There's some power in his name. Amen. Yeah, if, if, if you applied for that job and you've been wanting, call on the name of Jesus. He, he has an inside track on giving you what you need. And verse 7 reveals that. Look at verse 7. It says, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Also, also you found something about first responders. They're hands-on folk. They don't mind going into the, the depths and picking up people that smell like urine to help them. They grab this man by his arms. And first responders, they don't care what you smell like or, or what you look like or what you've been through. Their task is to help you. Yeah, Mr. Will, I thought about you. Amen. Now, if you recall, this, this same certain man that was tragically born, lame, but, but, but now with the help of Peter and John, 
Come on, we just need some help sometimes, y'all. Out of making through, we need some. Stop being so prideful and get the help you need. Let the men and women of God help you. Like Peter and John helped this man, amen? Yeah, yeah, they, they, Peter and John, he, he, he is now gaining strength. And what was weak, and he's not afraid to show it. For the Bible says that he leaped up. He, he stood up he, and walked up and entered the temple with excitement and praise while the people were looking at him. Amen? I, I think this is an issue right here because a lot of times I think we fail to get into our praise and worship because we worried about the folk looking at us. Amen. But when you experience God in a life-changing moment like this man, you, don't, you won't care who's in the room, who ain't in the room. You will be open to give God some praise. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that, that, and that's how we should be entering church every Sunday morning, that the Lord allows us to have the full activity of our limbs. Again, this brother wasn't able to play those games when he was little. But look at him now. His limbs are active. In and what does he choose to do? He chooses to praise God. He, he could have had a youth moment and went back and said, I want to play hopscotch. I, I, I want to play man. No, but what he does is he praises God with the activity of his limbs. Amen? Come on, I know your hand is to wave at people, and that's good. But God sometimes wants a holy wave. He wants us to lift up holy hands to give him glory. Now, the lame man from birth who encountered two first responders on their way to church that were willing to stop and respond to his need spoke a word of healing in his life that, that, that was life-changing, so life-changing that it left all that knew him as the beggar amazed at what had taken place. See, see, see. As believers, folks are watching you. Yeah. Your neighbors be checking you out, amen? Yeah, yeah to, to, to see what you do and see how you act and react. See, they knew him because he was positioned at a gate called Beautiful, which is ironic because his situation wasn't beautiful. So he probably camped out at the gate called Beautiful that it could mask some of his ugliness of being lame. I think sometimes we do the same thing. We... We put on nice clothes and makeup and shave our head nice and smooth and cover some stuff that is ugly in us that folk won't see it. But this brother, hallelujah, he's camped out, but now he's praising God. Amen, amen, amen. Well, those that knew you from the past, be amazed and filled with wonder when they see you in the future. Because your life has been changed from lame to leaping for Jesus. Has your life been changed from lame to leaping for Jesus? Amen. Amen. See, see, if you have experienced him in your darkest hours, oh my God, and he showed up in, in the darkness and brought his light, hallelujah, you will change your lameness for leaping for Jesus. Now, you may not leap as high as me, amen? Yeah, I just turned 52, amen? I'm, and I'm still running for Jesus. 
Amen. I don't know if y'all saw me. My wife was out walking yesterday. Yeah, we was getting our exercise on. Yes, yeah, because Jesus wants us fit. Amen. Like Brother God love is going to teach about, right? Amen. That we can be able to give him his praise and glory. Amen. Amen. Or will they say you are still the same? See, they couldn't say this about this brother that they pass by every day because of his activity. See, it was something that he did that caused them to say this brother is different. And the Bible said that he was leaping. Oh, my God. God wants us sometime to leap, y'all. Amen. Leap out on him. Hallelujah. That we can discover his glory. See, if you find yourself in a tragic state, that now that the Lord has a first, know that the Lord has a first responder out there just for you. But if you're tired of waiting for that first responder to respond to your need, I recommend you call out and you cry out for the original first responder named Jesus. For it was Jesus who responded first to our need for freedom from sin. And he responded by adhering to the Father's will to be the sacrificial lamb, uh, the two-legged lamb that would bring us, his creation, back into a right relationship with God the Father. By, 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 By way of his son's death, burial, and resurrection. God has a first responder out there for you. But, but if it's taking too long, you need to call on Jesus. But, but, but also, God is preparing some first responders that, that will come out of their comfort zone uh, and respond to the needs of those that are hurting, hungry, and in need of some help. How do I do that? How do I come out of my comfort zone and let God use me. What we have to do is surrender to the authority of Jesus Christ and ask the Holy Spirit to move in us, to do the unthinkable in us, that we can represent him well. Any first responders in the house this morning, you just want to go out and help some folk and be a blessing to some folk. Amen. God is calling you. God is calling you. To be a first responder, just like Peter and John. They were different than one another, but they linked up to make a powerful team. Hallelujah. To the glory of God. We got to link up, y'all, with some other folk. Let's bring them in, partner with them, that God can be glorified. Satan be horrified. And saints be edified. Let's give God some glory.